Beth and I'm a psychological wellbeing practitioner from Newcastle. I just wanted to say the biggest thank you to the contributors of the Clinical Psychologist Collective book. I've enjoyed reading this so much and loved having an insight into the range of backgrounds and experiences people have prior to applying for the doctorate and it's been really interesting seeing the potential barriers to the application as well and how I can try and work around this. I really started to doubt myself and whether I was good enough to apply for the clinical psychology doctorate but this has really given me the confidence boost that I needed to give it a shot so the biggest thank you ever. Hi welcome along to today's podcast episode which is a little bit different than usual. It is my first on tour. There might be a little bit of jiggly camera work here and there and I'm sorry please do persevere with it. I will find somewhere to prop it up when I can but you are coming on tour with me to Galway and we are going to go and do a keynote speech and there's lots and lots of steps involved with getting me from my front door to the stage and then back again. Uh, So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and yeah I hope it all works but you'll be there with me every step of the way and we can do this together. All right take care see you soon. I am just waiting for my Uber. Okay, so I know the plan originally was to film all of this on my iPhone, but um, I realised that seeing as most of the listeners to this podcast episode do listen on MP3, that if I didn't do some sort of main feed with um, me talking you through the processes, that it might not make a whole heap of sense. But that said... This is going to be best viewed on YouTube. So even if you've downloaded this as an MP3, sort of on Spotify or Apple, Amazon, um, you know, maybe come and take a little look over at uh, YouTube, Dr. Marianne Trent. And whilst you're there, why not subscribe, like, fling a few comments around. So, yeah, I wanted to make this as um, as useful a process and interesting a process as possible for those watching on YouTube and for those listening on your phones um, or however you do indeed listen to your MP3 content. Right. So let me give you a little bit of background into um, why I was going to Galway and how it came about. So in, I think it was probably June or July, I was first contacted to ask if I might be available and up for coming to an in-person conference in Galway. I was contacted by a lovely, lovely person called Hannah Flynn, um, and she was so kind. She was organising the conference for the Irish Psychological Society, and she'd been just so accommodating and welcoming and friendly. And when I met her in person, um, she was equally as lovely. Um, I wish we'd got a selfie, Hannah. That would have been nice. That would have been fun. So we finally got the... um, Um, venue sealed as being Galway University which had been some of the hold up that was finalized just towards the end of July Um, and then I went on holiday sort of immediately uh, and then it was um, kind of uh, promotion central from the Irish Psychological Society Um, and then it, it happened in September so that's a little bit of timeline and context into how this came about Um, And I was asked in my capacity as a qualified psychologist um, to do an hour's talk, um, not necessarily specifically from a clinical psychology discipline, because um, the conference um, happens every year or so, I learned on the day, um, and it's for people in the first 10 years of their graduation from a psychology degree. And what we know about psychology degrees is that often they will take people in very different directions, sometimes in the direction of becoming a qualified psychologist and sometimes in you know very different directions that can be equally as fulfilling for people. So yeah, there's many, many steps involved in getting me from my home to Galway (laughs) and to the university and back. But I thought it was quite a fun little road trip um, idea for a podcast. So I do hope you find this useful and I'll do my best to guide you through it. Um, So with no further ado, yeah, let's get started. Let's get on the road, shall we?
So I decided I was going to get an Uber to the airport uh, because the parking didn't seem, didn't seem to be uh, worthwhile. Um, and I thought it would be a lot less faff to just be able to, you know, order and go. So that's what I did. Um, but the thing I hadn't quite uh, expected, although I should have done, because the same thing happened when I went to Birmingham with a friend for dinner one night, is that it was a hot day and the uh, driver clearly didn't want to switch the aircon on and so instead had the windows open and my hair was just going wild. <laughs> which wasn't so bad when I was about to take a flight but when I was about to go out for dinner with a friend and I had preened and curled my hair it was less than ideal so yeah have a look at that for yourselves well, I hope you can hear me okay it's really noisy here um, so the journey in Uber went really smoothly um, and randomly um, the taxi driver who was originally from Ghana had lived in Galway for 17 years, he couldn't make that up so um, he's giving me all of his top tips. Um, we're doing some work here at Birmingham Airport so it is quite noisy so yeah I hope you can hear me okay. Um, annoyingly Ryanair won't let me check in one twenty, which is a bit annoying, but now means I am in a cafe um, with some cake and a herbal tea. And you know me, I do love my herbal tea. I realised, <laughs> I think I said oh, they won't let me check into a one twenty, but I didn't say what time it is now. So the time now is five to twelve. So yeah, I'm gonna walk around there again um, in just over an hour. I'm gonna sit here with my magazine and pass the time. So I absolutely did sit there for a little while, and then I thought, you know what, Ryanair, it is a self bag drop, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna chance my arm again. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna meander on over there, but the same lady saw me again, and so I thought, oh dear, <laughs> um, she's already told me not to come through, and so. Then a few minutes later, as I stood there waiting, I saw her go off what looked like a lunch break. So I joined the queue and the new person um, on Ryanair didn't ask where I was going, um, just checked my passport. And so then I went to the self bag drop, dropped my bag and went through to security. So, yeah, always pushing the boundaries a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, I had places I wanted to be. I had my laptop with me. And so I wanted to be, <laughs> you know, a little bit further ahead. Not in that very noisy pre-security airport departures section. So there I was, found myself getting through security pretty effortlessly, although I did forget to take my laptop out the bag. Um, and then I was free to explore the duty free. Um, I managed not to buy anything, um, but yeah, it's always something about that environment of walking through, smelling all the perfume, seeing all the Toblerone bars that you definitely don't need. Um, I do like traveling and yeah, I found traveling independently to be pretty good too. I will admit that I wasn't really looking forward to the time in the airport uh, lounge waiting for my flight. That is because I'd taken a flight from Birmingham Airport over the summer and our flight had then been delayed for three hours. And what I observed was that if you hadn't got there early enough, there was nowhere to sit and it wasn't particularly enjoyable. Now, of course, I did have young children with me for that trip, which always adds an element of pressure. And for this one, I was traveling solo. But I decided if I was going to be delayed, I would rather be delayed where I could work from my laptop and where I had power in case I needed to charge my phone and also where I had food. So I did treat myself to an airport lounge that cost me £38 and had I been able to spend three hours in there that would have been marvellous um, but I was able to get myself some food which was a little bit uninspiring, I had a little glass of wine and I had a little clotted cream scone. Then I was able to sit and do some work, um, I planned some social media content and I did some email scheduling ahead for my membership and so it felt like a good use of time and I was also able to keep an eye on the department board. Would I recommend using a lounge and would I use one in future? So it was my first time in a lounge and I would say if I was traveling again by myself I would definitely do that again. Um, 
because it just it was so quiet and so peaceful and it meant I had a guaranteed place to sit where there wasn't um, any chaos going on um, and yeah whilst it would have been cheaper to go to Weatherspoons, I feel like it would have been more stressful and in terms of doing myself a kindness um, ahead of my trip and my presentation the next day I really felt that would be yeah the most compassionate thing I could do for myself because I was worried about all of these steps you know there were a lot of steps um, from taking me to my front door and then <laughs> back the other side and so it just felt like a little bit of a reward to kind of yeah, give me a little pat on the back and say, it's all right, Marianne, it's okay. This is this is kind of one step further in your journey. So um, yeah, that is, I would I would do it on a case by case basis. I probably wouldn't pay for, for my children to join me, um, but I would definitely go if I was going by myself again. Right, I booked the airport lounge that said it was closest to where Ryanair, Ryanair fly, um, or by gate one. And now my flight's been announced as gate 57, so I have a bit of a dash to get there. Okay, I'm in the queue to board, I'll admit, I'm a little bit hot and bothered. I have to say that it all went pretty smoothly for Ryanair from the point that I dropped my bag. Everything happened as it needed to happen. I was able to board the plane, find my seat, settle down. It was very hot on board initially because it was a super warm weekend. If you're listening to this in the UK, it was uh, the weekend in September where the temperatures were above 30 degrees and it was so warm. Everyone was completely sweltering. The flight itself was good. It was, it was nice to be able to spend a little bit of time doing a little bit of puzzling. I'm a big fan of like that's life and take a break puzzles and so I did a little bit of that I read a bit of my book um, I looked out the window it was really nice to kind of watch the scenery go by watch the clouds go by and then to see as Ireland appeared and got gradually greener and greener so it was a very different experience than traveling with children so I did rather enjoy that um, yeah and then we got off the plane and it was a really tiny airport so I'd flown into Knock Airport and it was just really small and really cute um, and yeah it all went seamlessly. Once I got in the airport there was like this lovely sunny photo wall that said welcome to Knock and so I thought <laughs> it's the perfect place for a selfie it would be rude not to. Right here I am at Knock Airport I've just picked up the keys for my car hire. Hire car? Hire car. Uh, let's go and see if I can find it. Then was trying to find which one the car rental desk was. So I've not hired a car since I was in New Zealand in 2003. So it was a little bit rusty um, about how to do that. Um, but yeah, it went it went well, it went smoothly. It was a little bit of a cue because by the time I found the right desk, everybody else had already beaten me to it. But um, yeah, it was it was good. And I then got to learn which car I was having. Well, I've managed to find my car. Um, it is a Dacia Duster. I've never driven one of those before. Have been in one. I almost bought one when I was pregnant with my oldest child, but my husband test drove it. Said it was awful. <laughs> so let's see how it goes. That's it. Luggage stowed. Managed to somehow work out how to open the boot. Now I've got to drive and find myself uh, on the way to the Airbnb in Galway. There was this error that seemed to be on the dashboard for the car for the whole trip. I just don't think I noticed it to begin with. And it said inflate tyres and in it. And I think that meant there was some sort of sensor on the car which had sort of inflated the tyres, but letting you know that they needed some attention. So <laughs> I don't know. It seemed to be fine. Um, the only thing I struggled with was that I've got an automatic handbrake and I did keep forgetting to, <laughs> to take it off, but all went well. And then as I was driving, oh, <laughs> I was so delighted when I turned on the radio. Are you even in Ireland if when you get there on the radio, they're not playing Westlife?
It was a little over an hour and a half driving through, um, yeah, pretty main roads, I would say, of Ireland, mainly motorways. Um, but yeah, they were fairly well behaved considering it was um, rush hour. It was around 5 p.m. by the time I landed. So yeah, it was it was pretty good. And um, and as I was driving along, I was listening to the i radio and. <laughs> They kept referring to the ploughing championships, um, and I'd never heard of I'd never heard of that before. Um, and they were giving away tickets to the ploughing championships, and I couldn't quite work out why the people that won them sounded so excited. That's something I asked the guide, who you'll hear a little bit more about later in the video, about what it what it was. What why were people so excited about this ploughing championship? And I was I was informed that it's a really big deal and people it's like a festival. People there'll be bands there, there'll be activities, there'll be things to buy and things to do. It sounded a bit like Glastonbury. Um, and apparently people don't always watch the ploughing. So it started as the ploughing. Um, and yeah it's 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 apparently really, really fun. So I was almost sad that I wasn't going to be there for a ploughing weekend, um, which I think was the weekend after I was there. But I learned a little bit there about Irish culture. Um, and yeah, I feel <laughs> a little bit less naive in terms of at least where ploughing championships come in. So I managed to find myself there and was delighted to see a lovely, lovely cat who lived at the B&B welcoming me in. <laughs> you are so cute. Now, I had booked on Airbnb and it looked all right. You know, the downstairs areas looked wonderful. Um, I knew I was going to be having my own bathroom, but it wasn't en suite and it looked OK. But what I wasn't prepared for was that it just blew me away. Um, the lady who was hosting me was wonderfully warm welcoming so friendly so chatty such an interesting interesting life that she'd had and her home was immaculate um, she could have been an interior designer and it was just all completely lovely so once i was settled in i took a stroll into uh, the local area of where i was staying um, and when i got myself some dinner and on the way, I saw a beautifully decorated apothecary clinic. And I just thought it was a really lovely looking building. It would have made a really nice therapeutic space if you were going to be setting up a private practice as well. I found myself in the most beautiful street. I wish I'd taken a photo of it. I walked down it the next day in the daylight hours. And it looked completely different because the street was open. Um, it had beautiful, beautiful lights all above it. Um, and because it, it was a beautiful, warm summer's evening, everybody was outside. There was tables in the road um, and it just looked like the buzziest, most fun street. Um, but everywhere was kind of pricey for me just eating dinner by myself when I just wanted to eat. And then a little bit further along, um, still under the beautiful string lights, I found a cafe called The Secret Garden. I went in there and I had a lovely curry um, and they treated me really nicely. And then I treated myself to a little pudding as well. I think it was a homemade rhubarb crumble. It was good. And the next morning, my lovely Airbnb hostess did me proud with a really beautiful breakfast. So I'd taken my running gear with me um, and I was planning on going for a run. Um, but when I was chatting to her the day before, she said that she just really loves the company of people and chatting and learning about their stories. So I decided that it would be really better for me and better for her if I was to sit down and have breakfast and continue to chat with her rather than the benefit I would get from going for a run by myself. So that is what I did. Okay, so I am ready. I have breakfasted. I have got myself into my outfit. I've eaten my breakfast in a tea towel so that it doesn't mess up my outfit. I had a slight difficulty with the necklace I want to wear. So it's quite special to me um, because it was given to me by uh, my first supervisor when I was a trainee um, and she's no longer with us so I wanted to wear it to bring something of her 
to the event, but unfortunately when I got it out of the pouch I'd kept it in, it somehow broken itself into several different pieces. So I've sort of had to hodgepodge it together. I have to put that bit behind here, but it is supposed to come down to sort of stomach level. So I'll have to do some sort of more permanent fix when I go home. But for today, that's it. I've just got a jacket I'm going to wear. I've got to change my shoes because they're quite high. Not going to manage to wear those um, all day. Um, so I'll change those just before I go to the venue. Right, I'll see you there. Take care. Okay, so I'm hoping that I am here at the university. Oh, my windscreen wipers seem to be on. I don't know how to turn them off because the key is not in the ignition. I almost hit myself in the face with uh, the boot as it came up. Managed to avert that. <laughs> it's quite, quite a vicious little boot, this Dacia Duster. Uh, wasn't expecting that. Um, I hope I'm quite near the university building where I'm going to be going in. Um... Yeah, don't know if I'm parked in the right place. I sort of hope that I am. Parking, I won't lie, makes me a bit anxious. <laughs> like, no one likes the idea of being clamped, but it did say like white line spaces are not enforceable at weekends, but none of the signs seem to say that. So hopefully it'll be okay. I'm only here for sort of about two hours by the time it's all done and dusted. So here we go. Um, don't know how much I'll be able to talk to you in the event, if at all, um, but I might see you, well, I will, <laughs> I will see you on the other side. So me and my broken necklace, my laptop, I've got to change my shoes because I'm not going to manage to walk around in the very high heels that I'm wearing, um, even <laughs> for two whole hours. Uh, my lovely Airbnb host has given me a little bag to put my trainers in when I'm not wearing them. Um, she's so lovely. So I'll see you soon so i was in the event i was in the queue with the delegates waiting to go in and i was like oh <laughs> a little bit nervous and then um yeah i went to the front of the queue and i said oh i'm uh, marianne i'm here to do here to do the keynote speech and everyone sort of turned around <laughs> and looked at me um and yeah then i was chatting to hannah it was lovely to meet hannah in person and then i was chatting to some delegates i was having a look at the poster conference then i went and changed my shoes and then i decided i was going to go into the auditorium early and talk to some of the people that were there i was chatting to three people at various different stages of their journey and it was really refreshing actually because i'd sort of written the speech um, with aspiring psychologists in mind being at different stages of their career and yet someone was an, an assistant psychologist someone was about to start a master's um, you know on the Monday after the event and so yeah it felt like I pitched it appropriately and it was just really nice to speak with them and I as I was chatting um to one of them <laughs> well, another one turned around and went oh <laughs> i believe you might be our keynote and i was like yeah, yeah i am ah. it felt it felt a bit strange but it, yeah nice in nice and you know the speech went well um and people sort of ran out after me to go and speak to me so it felt like a really nice thing to have done um and yeah i talked through my outfit on stage and why it was significant so the skirt i was wearing i bought when i learned that i was going to be an assistant psychologist um, at st andrews healthcare because i believed i needed assistant psychologist outfits the jewelry i was wearing was something i'd had made when i was traveling in morocco and the necklace, as I've explained to you, was very significant because of who gave it to me. And it just felt really important that I'd be able to bring the different stages of myself um, and have them be represented on stage with me. So that felt really lovely. And it meant that I didn't need to go out shopping and buy something new, <laughs> which was also better for the purse strings too. Well, that's it. I'm all done. Galway's treating us to a little bit of rain, uh, but it went well. So I'll speak to you from the car. Here I am again, back in my little car office. Um, so I think it went well. People sort of stopped me on the way out saying how much they'd enjoyed it. A few people laughed at some of the stuff I said, which is good. Not all the way through, <laughs> that would be weird. Um, but yeah, the yeah the reception was warm. I managed to weave in um, seven different practitioner psychologist disciplines into my speech in a way that hopefully 
was engaging and made sense um, because the conference is for people in the first 10 years post-graduation, um, which sounds like a really, really nice organisation and a really supportive way of helping advance, um, advance people to the next stages of their career and supporting and inspiring them wherever they are. So, yeah, it was absolute pleasure um, to to be there, to see the lovely uni, to to be back in you know lecture theatre as well. So, if you watched, if you watched me on stage, hope it was useful. Um, and in terms of how I felt, um, so I think I was a bit nervous about the parking. <laughs> <laughs> which I mentioned earlier um, and just making sure I was going to be there in the, at the right time in the right building because I'd never even been to Galway before let, let alone sort of Galway Uni let alone the specific um, building that I was going to be in so you know it's always okay to let yourself be a bit hesitant about the things you've not done before but to obviously give yourself plenty of time to make sure you can jump through the hoops in the right order and still give yourself time to to decompress and hopefully be a bit less sweaty because <laughs> it has been very warm. Um, yeah, it is raining a bit now, so um, I didn't bring an umbrella. So I've got a walking tour of Galway booked in later today and hopefully drizzled out by then. And before then, I've got to get a spot of lunch as well. So I'll catch up with you very soon. I am back in my parking space. I'm going to go and get changed and then I'm going to head out into Galway and get some lunch. Oh, I thought I'd tell you about my hire car as well. So it's got like a manual handbrake that I'm clearly not used to um, because I keep forgetting to take my handbrake off. My handbrake on my car at home is automatic. And so far, <laughs> nobody has honked me despite me not being that speedy at getting away from the lights because I have my handbrake on. Um, so yes, it's very nice. Um, clearly the drivers in Ireland are... A little bit more laid back than I'm used to, which is really, really nice. So following that, I went in and I got myself changed and sorted. And then I had a cup of tea and a slice of cake and lots and lots of lovely chat with my lovely Airbnb host, which was just marvellous. And then following that, I took a stroll into beautiful Galway. And I took some video of the lovely street I'd been in the evening before, but it looked so different because, of course, the road was open. There was traffic, you know, driving up and down it and it was raining. And so it almost made me a bit sad that I wasn't able to have that opportunity from the night before when there was lovely music playing and people were just out living their best lives, having drinks in the venues um, in the street and chatting. And there was just so much of a warm inviting atmosphere and yeah it just looked so different in the daytime and then as I was walking into Galway I saw a blackboard sign that said there was a traditional session happening later that afternoon and I thought to myself oh well if it if it so happens I'm still in town by that time then I'm gonna I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna have a glass of wine and I'm gonna enjoy listening to a traditional authentic Irish session. I love being by water and as I was walking into Galway city centre it was really nice to see the river. I think it's the river Corrib um, and walking along the bridge where people have done love locks. It just, just felt like a wonderfully calm, safe city to be in um, and the, the city was breathing a sigh of relief because it had been warm for the days preceding that. And so it was definitely comfortable to wear a, a, a light denim jacket and um, everybody was kind of pleased it wasn't quite so hot as it had been in the days before. Um, so for me, the city felt a little bit like Brighton, but safer um, and with more sort of <laughs> music playing um, which there is often music playing in Brighton but it just felt well it felt very Irish um, and it was really really lovely and I just really enjoyed soaking it all up I probably, <laughs> probably looked a little bit weird going around filming but it was just really nice so 
I'm going to shush for a minute and let you listen to some of that music and see some of the sites. And this is where it really does pay to to come over to YouTube and watch it here so that you can just soak it all up. That building you can see with the red door features in uh, one of the videos uh, for Ed Sheeran's songs for Galway Girl. Um, and that is the restaurant that I ended up eating in. Um, it's called Ard Beer and it's just really, really funky. And what I hadn't realized was how popular it is. So I ended up standing in a queue because um, I couldn't really find anywhere that I wanted to eat. And the lunch menu on the outside looked fabulous. Um, and as it turned out, when I got in there, they gave me the brunch menu. I don't know if I was perhaps too early for the lunch menu, but I think it was about um, 12 o'clock by the time I got there. It was 12.30 by the time I got there, which is lunchtime, but the staff were really friendly to me um, and I ordered myself um, a really tasty poached egg and ham hock brunch with um, a kombucha and it was really, really nice. And then I had some free time to explore Galway before meeting up with my walking tour. So yeah, checking out the Galway girl statue, um, finding myself taking a little selfie in front of the Irish lottery um, and some Irish souvenirs. So I'm just about to go on my walking tour. Um, I am the Spanish Arch meeting by the museum in Galway. Um, it's sort of raining a little bit still. Uh, I'm wearing a coat and I can see everyone in England currently is melting. So I'm quite enjoying wearing my coat. I'll see you soon. So I had booked myself onto an Airbnb experience. It was called Galway's Legendary Walking Tour and it was by a chap called Neil. Really affordable. It was only £13 and it was an hour and a half. What I was really hoping was that I could also book on to a food um, tour, which was starting just after that. But by the time I had emailed her to ask about start and finish dates, she'd sold her last place. So maybe next time I visit Galway, I'll be able to do that. But the tour was really lovely. It was quite intimate. It was quite unique because there was only three of us on there um, because Ireland were playing in the rugby. So I think most people were probably inside avoiding the drizzle in the pub watching that. But it was really nice to learn some more about the city, to, to understand why the green post boxes are green and why they look so familiar to those of us that um, have grown up in the UK. To learn about the history of the city and those who'd lived there before. Um, I also really liked all of the street art in Galway as well. Um, and just being able to, yeah, to see the people of Galway and there's a very famous corner um, where apparently Ed Sheeran used to busk because I think his grandparents used to live in Galway so he spent a lot of time there um, and so it just yeah it's just lovely to watch the city to experience it and yeah just to enjoy free time. It was great to be able to see the way that they had intertwined the old city. Um, so the old city walls that now sit within one of the shopping centres there as well. And then before too long, it was time to say goodbye um, to Neil and to the lovely married couple who were visiting from America. Oh, let me... <laughs> say goodbye to you from that walking tour but I'll be back along in a moment safe home <laughs> so in Ireland apparently you don't say goodbye you say safe home which was really nice to be able to capture on camera as well and I didn't get any photos of them when we were on the tour so it's nice to be able to say that and I did check with them that they were happy for me to include them within this vlog and they were and in fact there will be details of Neil's legendary walking tour in the show notes um, if you do want to book that for your your next trip to Galway and then I had a little bit of free time to be able to primarily buy my children gifts which was 
which was the agreement they had struck for me to be able to go off because <laughs> they, they were like we'll miss you I was like I'll buy you presents <laughs> they're like okay yay and so yeah I stumbled across um, a lovely venti machine selling sweets with the plan being that I would give a packet to each of my children um, but I also sort of gave them to the family as well um, and me and my husband devoured them <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure the kids got much out of them at all because they were so delicious. So if you see any hay candy vending machines or any shops selling hay candy, <laughs> dig in. Now, in Ireland, they have a large supermarket chain called Dunn's. Um, and I'd already been to a Dunn's in Northampton because randomly there was one in there. I don't know why. But that was the only Dunn's I'd ever been to in the UK. Um, and I strolled through there and I bought myself a little Tipex mouse and some pens because they were things I needed for the business. But also I was a little bit peckish, so I did pick up some chocolate. And all my days, it was completely delicious. So, yeah, apparently Dunn's chocolate is 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 really worth really worth um, indulging in. So, yeah, if you're in Ireland, get yourself into Dunn's and buy some mini Dunn's chocolate bars because they were utterly delicious. And just at the end of the tour, Neil and I were chatting about um, just about lockdown, what it had been like, and um, that my family and I had really got into ice cream um, during the lockdown as a, as a way of just having family time and a little bit of a family tradition. And he said, oh, if you like ice cream, you've got to go to this one place where they sell brown bread ice cream. And I was like, that does not sound good. Brown bread ice cream. And he said, trust me, trust me get yourself over there um, and try it out. So it's called Murphy's. So I did exactly that. I used my phone to guide myself there. Um, and the lady there said I could film as well. Um, and then I sat and ate my delicious ice cream. And I think I had two scoops. I had brown bread and I think I had a peanutty one as well. And they were both completely delicious. In fact, I might go as far as to say it was the most delicious ice cream I've eaten. It was scrumdiddly umptious, as they say. Um, and I just sort of sat there um, on a little little seat in there and chatted to some of the staff. Um, and they said it had been so hot uh, in the few days before that because they have so much aircon, but they have the door open to encourage trade and they're always out with little trays of kind of tasters for people that the condensation had just been dripping off the ceiling because it was so warm. So they were delighted that it was cooler um, and it was yeah if you are in Ireland I would say absolutely check out not only um, Neil's walking tour which I don't get paid to say you that it was just it was just lovely um, also check out Murphy's and then it was time to start my journey in reverse walking back through Galway towards my B&B um, and yeah just enjoying the late afternoon sunshine um, and I went past the pub and I was right on time. Um, and then I noticed on the pub sign that the sign had been changed. <laughs> there was no session that day. So that was a little bit disappointing. But I did then go and have um, a drink um, out in the sunshine, um, watching the world go by um, from a bar that I'd seen the day before. So not quite the same as a traditional Irish session but still enjoyable nonetheless. Then I went back to my Airbnb. I got changed into something snuggly um, and had a cup of tea with my Airbnb host. And then she'd said she would love to make me dinner, which was just so kind. And so that is what she did. And we ate together and it was just the loveliest evening. So tasty, so friendly and so welcoming. And then, of course, her lovely cat, Tommy, um, was equally as welcoming. Let me just let's spend a little bit of time with Tommy now, too. <laughs> You're a now lovely cat. Yeah, it's yeah, lovely. Is, it's very happy with you. <laughs> well, we're very happy with you, Tommy. <laughs> oh, he loves that. Oh, he's so cute. You're the loveliest thing, aren't you? Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> I'm just having a cup of tea with the lovely Frances before bed because I've got an early start tomorrow and she's insistent that I must have some cake. So 
I'm going to have some cake and then go to bed. <laughs> so I've had my cake and I've eaten it. And Francis has been telling me all about people who've stayed here before. And apparently in this very bed, Colin Farrell stayed. <laughs> um, he was making a film in the Isle of Arran. I've not watched the film, um, but he stayed here for a few weeks and took care of Tommy the cat. <laughs> Good fact. And on that note, with the time at 9pm, I am going to go to bed. Um, it's been what feels like quite a long day. It's been lots and lots of activity. See how many steps there's been. 15,500 steps. Um, it's been a great day in Galway. Um, and I've got to get up really early, so I think I'm getting up at half past four. Um, so, yeah, I will love you and leave you. See you soon. So you can see as the video progresses that I get gradually tireder and tireder and tireder and then getting up super early the morning I flew home didn't help. But I'd also had a bit of a restless night the night before because it was still quite warm and I was uh, worried about missing my flight. And so I woke up uh, one in the morning and then was awake for a few hours. And the night before that, my first night in Galway, I just sort of kept thinking about the next day and about processing everything I'd experienced that day. And so I just didn't sleep terrifically well then either. And so I just felt like more and more depleted the time that went on. So let's uh, touch base with me now as I am up very early. Morning. It is kind of early. <laughs> it's just gone 4.45 in the morning. I am all packed up. I'm ready to go. I'm in the car. I've had to wake up my lovely host, Frances, because um, she told me she'd be very cross if I didn't, um, which didn't feel very nice. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping I can find my way back to Shannon Airport, which is a different airport than I flew out of, because it wasn't possible to fly into Knock and out of Knock, um, or into Shannon and out of Shannon at times that were human. And even though this doesn't feel like human, it is much better than the other options that I had looked at. So... I will see you hopefully when I've got some fuel, but worried about finding fuel that might be open at this time um, and how I open the fuel filler cap. But I've had a little bit of a YouTube research, I think I know. Um, and yeah, hopefully I can get to the airport, get a hire car back, get myself sorted, pass all the Ryanair checks and be away. So as I was driving, it was so foggy in patches. So I had to go nice and slowly and steady. Um, and I did pass a few petrol stations, but they weren't that close to the airport. So I sort of ignored those because I thought I don't want to fill up the, the tank and then have it not be on full when I get back there. And I assumed there'd be one pretty close to the junction for the airport but there was not. And so um, I found myself on the site of the airport still not having filled up. So I then had to, to turn around and go back into Shannon Town and then use my trusty sat-nav to look for the closest petrol station that was open. Um, so yeah, I did manage to do that, but it made it a little bit more fraught than it, that it probably needed to be. So yeah, the people near Shannon Airport, you may want to open a petrol station on the motorway near Shannon Airport because many people will be hiring cars that need to be returned on full. So you're missing a trick. So in the end, I think I ended up shopping at the Circle K in Shannon. So thank you very much to you good people for being open at 5.30 in the morning on a Sunday morning or whatever time it was. It was very early by the time I got there. But get there I did. Um, looking a little dishevelled um, as I was in the airport. So I am all checked in at Shannon Airport, which is a lovely airport, I have to say. And you can carry your own water and drinks through with no problems, which is good. Uh, now I'm just going to wait for my flight. Um, the lovely Frances packed me off with breakfast this morning. She made it for me last night, popped it in the fridge. Uh, so I've had strawberries and raspberries and a bottle of water, which is just so lovely. So I was there. I got checked in, had my breakfast, um, and then it was just, you know, time to wait. So the flight coming back was similarly as effortless as the one going out, but it was quieter, which meant that I had three whole seats to myself, which is 
always a bit of a treat, but it was so short haul that there wasn't any time for kind of laying flat and napping, um, which was something I had enjoyed when I was traveling um, around the world in 2003. Uh, my friend and I had both managed on a long haul flight to get, um, I think it was like a row of four or five seats to ourselves. So essentially had a flatbed um, experience for backpacker prices, which was just wonderful. Um, but yeah, it wasn't quite a flatbed experience on Ryanair, but it was very speedy. And actually, I have to say that um, even when I was flying back into Birmingham, the baggage carousel situation was amazing. For both flights, my baggage was pretty much there as soon as I'd been and had a trip to the ladies. And then I was at the carousel and it was there. Whereas in contrast, when I was um, flying back from Birmingham in the summer, we'd had to wait about an hour for all of our bags to appear. So I was kind of anticipating that was going to be the case. So it was a very pleasant surprise. So very well done to the luggage um, crew at both Knock um, and Birmingham airports. I am now back in the drop-off zone at Birmingham airport and I'm waiting for my Uber. Shouldn't be too long. I am really quite tired now and feel quite dishevelled and I'm looking forward to getting home. Thank you so much for following my journey from door to door. I'll do a quick one when I get home and then that will be all. Hope you found it useful. I hope you found it inspiring and helpful for kind of thinking about when you have new things to do that might feel challenging, that might feel a bit overwhelming. You've got this. Thank you very much and I'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. So tired just back from Marianne Galway is going to be closing this episode. Um, but I did think that I would just say a few thank yous. So thank you very much to the Irish Psychological Society for inviting me to be their keynote speaker. Uh, it was lovely. I loved it. And I had so many interesting, inspiring chats with, with people both um, at the event and since who've contacted me on socials. So yeah, thank you for curating a really wonderful, supportive, friendly group of people and wishing you very well and wishing you all the best in what you do next and how you support the future generations of psychologists too. Also want to thank um, my Airbnb host and her son for being so welcoming, sorting everything out for me. And of course, Tommy the cat. Um, and I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, and yeah, if anyone listening is interested in booking me for keynote um, speeches in future or would like me to come and do some sort of behind the scenes vlog of uh, a conference or an event, let me know. <laughs> um, and we'll see what we can do. I've had fun with this. I'd also like to thank my podcast editor, um, who kind of inspired this little vlog thing because he asked me um, whether I ever take any B-roll footage of actually what I'm up to in the day. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't. It's not very exciting. Um, so this time I thought, well, this is more exciting. It's been, it's been, it's been a labour of love, this podcast video. has taken me ages. So I thought, well, this is much more exciting than what I usually get up to. And it's nice to have company when you're on tour. So I thought I'd bring you with me. So yeah, hope that you've put up with my camera work, that um, you can cope with me getting tireder and tireder as things progress. I am now filming this a good few weeks um, after the event. Um, I've recovered my tiredness, but it is now at the end of a working week. I've had a busy day um, and I'm back from swimming with the kids. I've just finished dinner. So even getting the A-roll snippets ready for this video have just taken me a little while. So you may notice I've changed outfits a few times, but um, I really wanted to bring this to you. So let's let Marianne, who's now back in her house, um, fresh from Galway, just utterly shattered. Let's let her sign off. But thank you very much for watching. Well, that is it. I am home and I had such an interesting chat with um, my Uber driver on the way home um, about all things football and um, and the fact that he'd actually been a, a law graduate originally um, and then got a 2-2 and we kind of worked out together. Actually, he's a bit traumatised by that. 
Um, and we kind of encouraged him to move through that and to think about the steps involved with perhaps studying for a master's and then beginning to get back into the law career. So by the time I got out the Uber, he'd come up with a bit, we'd come up with a bit of a plan, <laughs> how many steps he's going to spend a few minutes before his next job, um, looking at maybe some masters and, you know, maybe thinking about sending some emails off to get that started. So yeah, love, love my job. Love the chats that I end up having with people. And he was like, thank you so much, Marianne. This has been really, really good. Like, and it's kind of empowering stuff that potentially begins to change his life and the life of his family as well. Although it sounds like he's doing a great job anyway, but you know, sometimes when we feel like we need to and want to live up to our full potential and the things that you were originally, you know, heading in that direction for. So it matters, it really matters. Um, and we're never too, never too old to do what we wanna do. So I think he said he's 30, 34, I think he said, and I was like, you know, Time is young, you know, just do what you want to do. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for following my journey. Um, my children and my husband are out. Uh, I think one of them might be um, at the grandparents and the other one's at football. So I'm going to enjoy a little bit of peace and quiet. <laughs> I wish I could have a nap. I'm quite tired. Um, but yeah, I will see you for the next episode of the podcast which will be coming to you from 6am on Monday. Thank you so much for being part of my world. If you're watching on YouTube, please do subscribe, like, let me know what you found useful about this episode. And I'll look forward to seeing you very soon. Take care. If you're looking to become a psychologist, Hello, my name is Veronica Kasova. I live in Edinburgh and I just graduated with a Master's in Psychology of Mental Health. Marion recommended me the Clinical Psychologist Collective when I was networking on LinkedIn and I must say I love it. Um, it is one of a kind. It's like a window into the lives of people on the path of becoming a psychologist. The stories are unique, honest and filled with a kind of intangible wisdom only personal storytelling can uncover. A common thread in the stories I valued most was to be compassionate not only with others, but with myself too. Also, not fixating on becoming a psychologist, but enjoying life, growth, and the final results will come as a byproduct. Marianne, thank you for taking the time to collate all the stories. The book is a true gem and I think every aspiring psychologist should have a copy on their shelf. Thank you.